0: Hey guys, this is The Gathering Podcast. Really glad you've decided to check us out. We have teachings from Sunday mornings. We have what we call cold reading where we read scripture that we'll be looking at this coming Sunday and occasionally we'll have a testimonial or an interview with somebody who helps with the gathering. Hope that you enjoy this and let's dive into today's content. Worship is all about. It's not about what's going on around here. It's not even what's going on up here on the stage. It's it's about Jesus. And so as we, as we sing these songs, if you want to just listen to the words, if you want to sing and get into them, you do that. You find your place with the Lord, um, because these are precious moments. You know, youth is a we can get away with the Lord. You know, worship started the very first instance in the Bible is is Abraham taking his son up the mountain to go and sacrifice. And he says, I'm going up there to worship. And it's hard to think that in the middle of all that turmoil, he's going up to worship God. And so I'm encouraged by that crazy story because I know in the middle of me to come and meet him. And he's promising to be there also. So no matter what it is you're facing, if it's a a horrible game that you lost, if it's something that's a challenge with friends or your family, is there to meet you in the middle of all of this don't pass that opportunity up We got back to back new songs or songs you may not be familiar with, so (coughs) don't worry. Um, But this is the gathering. It was so awesome. It was so cool because she even said the gathering was actually kind of fun too. So um, just playing, just playing. So remember, we're plus three on this one. even better tonight. Thank you. when we can see it and we know it are awesome but how many more are the times please there you'll never leave You still come for us, you still love us on our worst, you are there, you're holding us. And you don't leave us there, you make us better, so God transform our hearts. Let true beauty come out of our hearts because of the Son Jesus. to do so much in our lives because you so speak to us tonight lead us with your Holy Spirit show us what it means to have true love in our lives in Jesus name we pray okay listen up I want to ask you a question one that you may be very familiar with or one you may not be ready to talk about because you're immature and young and whatever but what does it mean to be in love you're like just too close to halloween to halloween we're talking about love what does it mean to be in love dang that is that is real love because I do not feel that way about Eunice I'm just kidding <laughs> you' like I'm telling her, this, like we're recording man I think she's gonna find out no that's a good that's a good point is that possible It is. it's a word it is a word caring a lot of trust trust and honesty it sounds difficult to maintain both ways oh we got we got an adult perspective someone else's what is what is it do you, who who don't raise your hands okay i don't want to embarrass anybody or not embarrass anybody. um what does it mean to love your your boyfriend or girlfriend it's obviously different than the you love your mom or dad right it is different because your boyfriend and girlfriend. so let's think about for a second what it means to romantically love somebody, you're like, ew, girls, we don't want to talk about this, okay? It's fine. I'm not related to you at all. I have no vested interest in whether or not you date or not. I just want to talk about this because we may... Actually, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I said one of the greatest. Somebody that you want to date in them. I'll say it because they hot. (laughs) You were thinking it. You were thinking it. it. What are your interests, really? (laughs) It's (laughs) (laughs) private. You're like we're recording, so I'm not saying anything. Depends on character. What parts of character are you looking at? Somebody's annoying or cocky. You don't want that. You don't want that. You don't love that. You don't see that, and you're like, that's what I want in a future potential spouse. That means husband or wife. Um, You know, it's. I'm just talking off into nothing right there. What are some too much on the body language? Um, So. You you want good things and who who are you dating? You know what? Just just pick the qualities of the person that you would like to be dating right now. If, if you are, you just don't say their name. Just just share <laughs> the <laughs> Ruli, really? you're gonna have to leave on this one. I'm gonna call your mom. You can go sit with her in women's Bible study. Hey. Okay. All right. So think about qualities <laughs> of that person, and I will try to figure out who it is. No, I'm just kidding. For my wife, um, I didn't want a woman who was vain who was just all into the makeup and stuff like that and had to have that. And I thought I found that with Eunice. And then it turns out that she just, no, you don't get just like every other girl. So I'm like, I guess it's just, just a unicorn out there. Okay. And it's not a bad thing. B- See, that, you don't want to, like, put her in a closet and make her feel like if you put makeup yeah. on. So there's an old TV show called Everybody Loves Raymond. Does anyone know what I'm talking about when I say that? It's Nobody hilarious. knows. It is hilarious. Old, so ev- Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, I'm... Eunice is like, Frank is too mean. The kids are going to start beating people up. I'm like, Frank is the best. <laughs> anyway, he's the old grandpa who's all crotchety and can't say crotchety anyway. So he, um, one time the, the lady, uh, Frank's wife, is having a hard time with him. And it's like one of the best episodes because he's just picking on her and she's snapping at his down. Or he leaves, and then the wi- well, I don't know. He eats it, because Frank eats everything. And so the, the, his wife, um, which I cannot remember her name, but she passed away. It's just iconic. When you see her, anyway, she's like everybody's grandma in America. And so she goes to bed, and she puts on some, some green stuff, and uh, Frank comes in with a washcloth. And he starts wiping it off and she's like no Frank it's my mask it makes me look beautiful and she's like "Hold already and he's like he finally gets it off and where they would paint their faces so heavily um that yeah white. and basically men would would play the parts of women by dressing up like that uh in in that theater and so he's making a joke um that way and and he's just tells her I just love you for who you are And she's like, oh, Frank, and it's all romantic and sweet because they're grandpa and grandma. (laughs) Anyway, and the funny thing is, is that I don't think you should expect to find true love in the seventh or eighth grade or or maybe even high school. It does happen. A lot of work and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of giving up of yourself. And I find that out even and it takes time, you know, even even I'm eight years married. And it's 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 still sometimes I've been both together thinking they were doing the right thing for the other one. And it's sad, but we don't want that. But I want to pull up a scripture that I have for you. I don't have it on the computer. Um, I could not get the computer. I barely got the computer to work, but I want to read this story for y'all. It's from the book of Ruth, which is the story of Ruth. And um, this is an interesting story. I'm going to read it for you. I'm just going to read the whole thing for you guys, and then we'll get to the part I want to talk about. But this is the story of Ruth, and it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah, we all know Bethlehem, the city where Jesus was born. It's a heat city. It says this man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Basically, he he was like, okay, there's no food here. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go be a stranger in the land, and I'm going to survive over there, and then I'll come home to Bethlehem when the the famine is gone. And the name of his wife, Naomi, Elimelech so fun to say, Elimelech. Obviously, she has the prettier name. She's the woman. It says, and the names of his two sons were, I mean, Malon and Chilion. So <laughs> I guess they were like, they maybe were twins. Okay. They were Ephrathites. I don't know what that means. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. Sad. And she was left with her two sons. These took... Moabite wives, which was technically a no no for their tribe and for their people. The name of the one was Orpah, like a whale. (laughs) 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 The name of the other, Arlon and Chilion, died. So that the women were. Oh, so that the woman, I guess we're still talking about Naomi. It makes sense if it said the women. The woman was left without her two sons and her husband. So, how sad. Finally, <laughs> no, no, she's sad. She's definitely sad. So here's what here's what Naomi does. Bless you, Aiden. Bless you, Aiden. <laughs> so back in those days, it was very and Ruth owed to Naomi. Everything, everything? No kidding, kidding. everything. Well, they owed it to their the yeah. sons. They were her their husbands, and so Naomi's here. It says that she arose with her daughter and daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Set out from the place where she was with her two daughter-in-laws, they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and on me. Meaning that in in a dignified way, they were taking care of her mother-in-law jokes. Typically, it's not a good relationship between the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law. I have a great relationship with everybody else in the family. In fact, everyone gets jealous because I only talk to her instead of her daughters. Go back and may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. So basically, she's saying, you don't owe me nothing. The contract is over. Y'all go home, get on with your lives, have a good life. And she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. So they said to her, "No, we will return with you to your people." Sweet, they love her dearly. But time? no. Well, maybe, could be, could be, because it is a no-no to marry outside of Israel. But I think, I think here she's saying, "Go home. There's nothing for you back home because no one's going to want to marry." Maybe it's some embarrassment. Maybe it's also she knows what her culture will be like to these women. Uh, racist. And so Naomi says to them after they said, no, we'll go with you. She says, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Sounds gross, but a typical practice back then was to just marry the daughter off to, the oh. to a certain age and then be like, you know, so turn back, my daughters, go your way for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, basically till they're adults. Um, would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. So it's not that she, she's caring about them. We, we find out that it's not that she's embarrassed. I'm an old lady. Nobody's going to want me. You go live your life. I, I lived mine. I don't know. Maybe she's saying that. They lift up their voices and wept. And Orpah, Orpah the Orca, we're going to call her, kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So Orpah gives a goodbye kiss, and she leaves. But when you go, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life. So here's what she said. Naomi says to her, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her. God. This is one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible that you will ever read. Notes. If you want to know, it's Ruth 1, 16 through 18. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. Where you go, I'll go. And where you end up powerful love right there, that somebody who doesn't owe her anything, and in fact she's trying to spare her the grief of having to remain without a husband for the rest of her life, she says, go away, it's going to be too hard. She says, I'm going with you. By trying to push them away and making them feel like, you know, it's too hard for you to remain with me. I'm too hard to love. I know I've done that in somebody who's failed like me and who's as messed up as me. And sometimes I even struggle with my calling to ministry. And I say, God, how can I put Eunice through these things? And he says, keep pursuing me. Keep seeking me. And Matthew, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 5. He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be given to you this doesn't apply to you but but you have these hopes and dreams and I know what it's like in high school and, and I was super super shy and quiet thank God because I probably would have messed up a lot more than I did if I were the kind of person I am now being all outgoing and stuff but I know what it's like somebody and having that electric tingly feeling inside of you like I really like spending time with these two, go into the movies with just that girl or that guy and all of a sudden there's this excitement about the other sex and you know there's i should have said gender i don't know what i'm thinking a mystery your whole life and you know (laughs) but there's this excitement about that other side that it's things are pretty you know i should treat them nice and stop punching them because that's what little boys do they beat up on girls so i'm gonna i'm gonna just totally ruin my son's life one day when he finds these my son is in a love triangle okay it's awesome and uh one of the moms texts me and she's like because my daughter is super upset that John told her that he can never go over to her house. The little girl that always wants him to go over to her house, too. So I just don't know what game John's playing. So just be careful. And so I was like, how my heart is beating, like, my son is going to die at a young age because he's going to be chasing all these girls. So somebody. And then when you see other people going to dances and stuff like that, and you feel left out because you don't have the date or whatever, and I wanna kind of put those to bed a little bit because you you have the whole rest of your life to find that person and to date As friends. You can have a lot more fun going to proms and, and dances and things like that. Mom. And she just ran away with somebody else. So I was like, this is great. Yeah, she was like, yeah. Awesome. So uh maybe it was uh it was homecoming. I got her the mom and then she was off with her friends and so went together hanging out with some of my buddies. And so yeah, so prom, I didn't go with my buddies, me and John, um, even when nobody else wants to dance especially John Bill. John Bill don't dance at all. If John Bill's listening to this and he does dance, I'm sorry. He's my best friend. Always talking about him. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's focus back in. We got five minutes. We got to finish. We got one more song. So, here's the scripture I want to leave you sometime. Maybe not next week if we do costume contest, but we will finish the story of Ruth. It's powerful, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right now, you feel like is Ruth ever gonna find love? Is she ever is what's gonna happen to Naomi when they get back into town? What's going on over there? We're gonna find all that out eventually. So here's this one speaks specifically to love. And it says this It's John fifteen, verse twelve to set it up and one another as I have loved you. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples as he's getting ready to go to the cross and die for them, to die for all of us. And he says this, verse 13, burn this into your memory. I'm going to try and say it as dramatically as I can so that you remember this. John 15, verse 13 says this, that someone would lay down their life for their friends. Think about that. Greater love has no one than this, than someone would lay down their lives for their friends. Jesus says this, knowing he's fixing to go and lay down his jewels and to stop them with the power of God. And instead, he's going to submit to this brutal, torturous death. He's going to die on that cross. One of them was definitely his betrayer. And when they were and and in fact, they all became his betrayer because they all ran away from him. What was really going on? And they didn't understand I with you and they were liars because they didn't understand how badly they needed Jesus to save them. And these are the guys that have been three years with Jesus, night and day and night and day camping out when the dead raised, the sick healed, bread multiplied. And yet at the final hour, when it was all over, they fled and deserted. But Jesus knew I have to do this for my friends. I have to do this because I love them. And he went straight to the cross. I mean, actually, he did hesitate. He did ask God, if there's any other way, take this, take this from me. But in the end, not what I want to do, what you want to do, God. And what God wanted to do was to save every one of us, to give us that opportunity. That's how much he loves us. I'm going to bring about this. Hit the lights real quick. As we kind of close on this meditation, that he endured the worst physical pain possible he went through the cross. And you have to think there were times he could have stopped it. He was talking to him, you, the governor in charge of his execution. And Pilate said, and Jesus says, you, you have no power except what God has given you. And he goes to the cross. I don't know if he knew God's exact plan, what he was going to do, or if he just knew that God was going to do something much like Abraham taking his son Isaac up the mountain and Abraham goes up there because he's asked to sacrifice his son. God says, give me. And I don't know what the trip was like, but it was it was a long trip, I'm sure. He, we'll talk about that story another time. But God provided him everything he needed. God provided him everything that he needed to be able to fulfill his promise. So the same thing is true of Jesus as he goes to that cross. He dies for us, but then he lives for us too. And that's the calling he has for us to die to ourselves and live for him. If you just need to sing this next song, if you know it, sing along with us, but you just let this be that moment, because I don't know what you're going back to. I don't know what tomorrow holds, what, what you're going to face at school, but right now, focus, close your eyes if you have to, get alone by yourself if you have to, find that place where you just see God, see his heart God loves you. I need more of your love. And He'll give it to you. I promise. Speaking firsthand, when you feel like you've got nothing in the tank, God says, I've got plenty to give you. Just keep seeking it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again. And look forward to hopefully seeing you one day at the gathering. Or if you're just a digital subscriber, keep listening. Send us your prayer request and uh, reach out to us if you need anything. Have a blessed week.